All right. Well, good evening, everybody here on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, January 17th, 2022. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jackman Radio. And I am just floored and honored and excited tonight to have a very special guest with us. I've been wanting to talk to her for a while. Uh, she's been someone that I've uh, drawn a lot of inspiration and strength from, and that is Maria Farmer. Maria, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much, guys. I'm really honored. This is yeah, it's, fun. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so good to have you on, and um, I know we, we've we've connected through Twitter, so we've never met in person, and this is our first mm -hmm. time chatting uh, via via video. Um, right. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's awesome to connect with someone like you who's just been through so much, and um, you know, is, is a survivor and a whistleblower, and just just really a fearless entity. So I mean, uh, the, the, overall though, these days, how how are you? How how is everything going for you? Um, yeah, I'm okay. I have this like weird condition. So that's why my face is always looking swollen right now and like my neck and everything. Um, my upper body gets swollen because my heart was damaged at the Rockefeller Cancer Center. Can't make it up. Um, they actually Not damaged Rockefellers. They damaged my heart. Um, the oh. superior vena cava vein is totally occluded. And so I'm not getting the blood flow. And then I found out today, even though a stent was put in, it was put in in the wrong place. <laughs> so I'm just having some issues and I'm kind of, you know, other than that, I'm doing very well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, all, all things considered with where we are here in clown yeah. world in 2022. Yeah, and, clown world, yes. <laughs> yeah, peak, peak clown world, I call it. All the, it all the stuff going on. So I guess, you know, to, to dive in for, for people who might not know who you are and what you're about, um, you know, who is Maria Farmer and what does she do? Um, well, I'm someone who hides very well. <laughs> I, uh, I went to graduate school in New York and studied painting and was very successful at it, like working with seriously famous artists, you know, um, mentoring me and, and helping my career. And then I had the unfortunate experience of encountering Eileen, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and, and Ghislaine Maxwell. And they would not ever leave me alone. And I think the whole goal was to get somebody about my age who had younger siblings. I mean, that's just what I'm guessing. Um, but that's what happened. And then um, I had the unfortunate experience of being interviewed by Vicki Ward. And Vicki Ward threw me under the bus. And um, that's when Ghislaine found out that I went to the FBI. And then I had to go into hiding. She threatened my life. Um, a couple more times. Uh, so yeah, I had to hide and I hid really well. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to give up things like, you know, the man I loved and my best friends from like kindergarten. And I've gotten back my friends, a lot of them. The ones that were real friends, I've gotten them back. And it's the most beautiful thing in the world to find out who your real friends are, you know, um, that, that forgive you for having to protect yourself. It's a weird thing to be, be angry at someone because they had to hide to protect themselves, right? It's odd. <laughs> right. It would be very, probably very difficult for uh, people to understand who have hadn't had any kind of dealings like that, that you had to go through and the people that you came into contact with through Epstein and Ghislaine. So you, you met them at an art exhibit, right? Or an art show when you were still right. in school there in New York? Yeah. So I'm not allowed and, to talk about that right now because I'm gagged. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can we can just tell people they can look that kind of stuff up for yeah. themselves. I don't, yeah, I don't want to any, anything like that, Maria. If you can't talk, yeah, just let us know yeah. and we won't. Yeah, we won't prod into it. In a couple of things like about Annie, just because the trial may happen again, you know. Sure, uh, sure. I can't even believe this. Can we just talk about the fact that that is so ridiculous? 
like, okay, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, the judge did mock a mock trial with um, Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz raped like one of the most, well, he raped several. Of, okay. I know two people he raped. <laughs> I know one was underage and um, it's inappropriate for someone who's a friend of his through their synagogue to go again. We have religion, you know, it's like, it's like priests, you know, it's disgusting the way they, um, well, the way they, I don't know, play with each other. I think it's weird that our judge is a friend of Alan Dershowitz. I find that very, and Elliot Spitzer is her friend. And they did this mock trial in the Upper East Side. And it's so pretentious, you know, and privileged and weird. It's such a weird thing to do. And okay, so you have that. And then you have Bobby Sternheim is the lawyer for um, Eileen, I mean, for Ghislaine Maxwell. And I, and, <laughs> It's like the person I'm not supposed to mention. I almost keep mentioning. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm a bad person to gag. <laughs> I'll do a very good job. Bad at it. Um, I was hoping for a while that like um, Wexner would want to just pay me off to shut up so that I could um, help veterans. And then I realized that's not going to happen because <laughs> he knows I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> right. And I wouldn't take his pay off. So, yeah. But if it could help people, maybe I would. But then I'd still talk and then I'd be sued. So. Yeah. Right, exactly. Take the money and talk anyways. Right. <laughs> that, that seems to be the name, Maria, that you don't hear too often in the mainstream news coverage is, is Leslie Wexner. And, That's um, right. I That's think right. In, the, in various interviews you've given, you, you refer to him as the head of the snake. Mm -hmm. do, do you want to yeah. elaborate on that a little bit? Yes. And, and your yes. experience with the Wexner family? Yes, I do. Um, I just wanted to say one more thing, though, about that lawyer, Bobby Sternheim. Yeah. She's former SDNY. So she worked for the Southern District of New York, which is the mob. And then she's defending somebody being sued by this, I mean, being accused by the Southern District, which feels very, I mean, talk about nepotism. That's creepy. She knows exactly how they handle cases, right? She's friends of, she's like in, you know, in with them. And, and then you also have the fact that she's representing Tartaglioni. Is she the only lawyer in New York? I mean, he was his roommate. I'm just wondering, you know. It, it was probably him, and, and I think Epstein had even told his brother he already attacked me once before. Mm -hmm. when he, he did. Was, he was on suicide watch. He definitely did. And then Barr was seen leaving um, the M MC right after, like, so or right well, during that time. And I know through like a CIA person that Barr was leaving the building around the time he was killed. That's, that's Mike, what was what was it? Tell Maria the joke you said about Tartiglione after Epstein died or when Galen got arrested. So we, we were with Jason Burmis the day after him. we went to Galen's uh, house. We got yes. out of the driveway after she got popped and we were doing the live stream kind of celebrating and, and having mm -hmm. a few beers. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, my God, now that they got Galen, her cellmate's going to be Tartiglione in drag. <laughs> just just going to put really? a wig on him. Yeah. yeah, it's like there's no one else. It's just a small group, and we're not supposed to notice. And then you'll have Berkowitz hanging out with the judge, making each other laugh. You know, it's like, what is going on here? Don't it's worry, too I, I got a massage, but it was from an old <laughs> Russian lady named Olga, and I kept my pants on. <laughs> They're going to get Woody oh Allen God. to play him in the biopic. Totally. And Woody Allen was always coming and going from the estate, too. I oh, mean, there? there's a real bunch of winners. Um, but I'm sorry, you had asked me an important question. Oh, Wexner. Yeah. Wexner. Because Wexner. this is the name that you don't, you hear it like a little bit and he's like, oh, I, I apologize. It was a bad idea to be tied up with Jeffrey, but he, <laughs> he, he, he gave Epstein the, 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 the mansion in New York, essentially. That's, for oh, a dollar. 
No, we gave him a few things. Okay. So before Jeffrey Epstein lived in the 76th Street mansion, he lived on like, I think it was 63rd, somewhere around there. And in that house, it was a, a really beautiful, fine townhome, just fine for any billionaire, you know, but it wasn't big enough, I guess, for him. And so Wexner gave him that. And then that became, um, later became Gilan's residence because then Epstein ended up giving it to Gilan. And that is a, you know, worth, I don't know how much money, but and it's almost as much as the 76th street. And I mean, it's just an insane townhouse, right? He also gave, and that was for a dollar. And then he gave him the 76th street mansion for a dollar. Then he gave him the, he alleges that he gave him the, um, in the middle of his estate on in the middle of 330 acres where I was kidnapped. He pretends like the year I was kidnapped is the only year that he gave Epstein that uh, and, and Epstein fully owned the what they call the rotunda. The rotunda was named by um, Wexner because Wexner's from Ohio and that's the name of the um, like the government building, whatever it's called. Yeah. And so he named his guest house after that. It had nothing to do with Jeffrey Epstein. Right. But but they've rigged it so that Epstein owned it for one year. So they're not responsible, even though I was sur surrounded by 330 acres owned by only Wexner with no road in and out from the guest house, except the main road past their house, surrounded by sharpshooters and Dobermans. And I had no way of leaving ever. But they like to pretend like I didn't exist until my uh, my driver's license showed up. And then they had to change their story, right? They're, they're scumbags. Yeah. They ruined my health. And so I, I, I'm not letting it go. <laughs> but they've also, um, Wexner has raped children. So that needs to be dealt with. And no one ever talks about it. I got it. Oh, try to keep still, calling. She does that. You still hear us, Maria? <laughs> yeah, my mom oh. keeps calling. Um, oh. So I'll have to text her probably in a minute. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I should yeah. have warned ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wexner is is the name that's like it's just on the periphery and it's mysterious, and we we don't know the relationship that Epstein and Wexner had. But if you've dug into this case, you know it's pretty clear that they were they were they were tight. He funded the entire ring. He funded right. everything. I asked Epstein um, who his clients were, and he said, "I only have one because you only need one when he's a billionaire." Right. And I was like, "Okay," and he said, "Well, he'll do anything for me, anything." You know, anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah, anything. Do you think it's true that they could have, could have been his boyfriend? Is there, do you think there's any truth? Um, I don't think that's all it was. I think maybe oh. like intelligence boyfriend, you know, mm. yeah, but not of, really. A lot of people don't realize Wexner's influence on our decision to invade Iraq as well. Um, yes. Off, Isn't that a, wonderful? Yeah. He funded it. He was a huge funder of it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a real mafia. It's just a big mafia. Yeah, and they've always known each other. So uh, there's this list called the Billion the Jewish Billionaires Club, and it's out of Israel. And it's on this list, and it's it's available in the Jewish archives. Anybody can find it. But the list reads, it's from 1994, and their list reads, Bill Gates, Les Wexner, Jeffrey Epstein. And it keeps going. Right. And so and like, they try to pretend like they didn't know each other, right? And Gates is like, oh, I met him right after he was convicted for raping children. And then I became his friend. Like, why would you say that? They're so dumb. And, you know, they, so they're, they're culpable of things, clearly, from earlier on. And they don't want to be held accountable, you know? Because yeah, yeah. they've that all met him after 2006. That's a lie. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that interview Gates did was so cringe where he's like, I regret, so, I, had I had dinner with him. And I really regret <laughs> it. I, well, you know, he's dead. He's dead now. 
<laughs> so creepy. Yeah. Yeah, he's dead, so who cares? Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's over. It's done. It all dies with him. It was just <laughs> him and Ghislaine. And there's no there's no mega group. There's no Mossad connections. <laughs> there's no intelligence connections. You know? We didn't fund the Iraq war. So anyway, oh. I think the list of people also were the people who helped um, fund other things, you know, that are nefarious. It's just, it's weird because the, the money that was given to Epstein, it almost feels like it was laundered hmm, by the government. That's weird. Like, why are they hiding all this? So I tried to get my FOIA request met, my Freedom of Information Act. You know, it's illegal to prevent me from getting it. And they're only, I read, there are only like a couple reasons they can use to not give it. And they haven't used those reasons, right? They've said that I had Cyril Wecht, the famed pathologist, go in to court and say, Maria's dying. Like, you, you have to give her this. This is illegal. And they said, the FBI said, sorry, we can't give it to you because the CIA said no. <laughs> Jeez. What? And you, and you went to the FBI uh, back in 96, right? That's when the first... 1996 is when I told them. So okay. when I reported it, I reported, um, I made it really clear that Les Wexner was in charge. I said this. I said, he's in charge. I called him the head of the... I mean, he's in charge of it. And I said, um, this is an international pedophile and child trafficking ring. And it's child porn. Oh, it's disgusting. And I said, um, it's, I have proof of it. Uh, the pre two pres well, I said a president, the sitting president's involved, Bill Clinton. And I thought, I thought Donald Trump was like a game show host. And I think I, he hadn't even had a TV show yet, but he was just so cheesy. And I said, um, and that game shows Donald Trump, you know, and they were like, oh, the businessman. And I said, yeah, that guy, he's involved. And, <laughs> and I listed, you know, a few people. Um, and it's just weird because they sure haven't ever let anyone get a hold of that. And they made the mistake in 2006. Well, uh, Jim Hill from ABC was able to get my report from 2006 because right? they came back to me 10 years later. Oh, we didn't get them the first time and we didn't offer you witness protection and we're not going to again, but we want you to come testify in federal court about him so we can put him away. <laughs> okay, you can do that for us. And I was like, I don't want to do anything for you. You know, I don't want to do anything for you. And but anyway, we were still on hold to testify, my sister and I, until like a few years ago. We didn't understand. We didn't follow it. We didn't know that he had been. Um, or, well, I don't even think we knew he was arrested at all. Like or the fake arrest, you know, where they they put him in timeout sometimes in the day. Yeah, in Palm Beach, like he got to go home and swim in his pool. It's the most ridiculous thing. He was raping girls during that. They've come yeah. forward. And they were letting the, the the prison was letting him have visitors during the mm -hmm. day. Like, yeah, that's insane. I mean, Acosta set that whole thing up probably down there in Florida. Oh, he's so disgusting. <laughs> he's so disgusting. Yeah, um, it's just it's inexcusable. I was talking to someone earlier, and there are a couple of things he said that there's a CIA. There's like a list, like a board at the CIA. I don't know anything about this, but basically, the people on that board have so much power that they never get held accountable. And I think Wexner's on it. That's all I can do. Mm -hmm. Like, it's untouchable. And so I decided, like, I'll never get his money to give away to veterans, which was my goal. Although, if I talk about him enough, I'm hoping he'll sue me. So then I get, but he's not dumb enough, which he was. So and I could take discover. money away from him. <laughs> and then I could start, uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to help people. That would be great. But 
in in the meantime, I've tried to just make enough noise about him to steal his reputation because he doesn't deserve it. And one of my friends was 13 when he was raped by Les Wexner, 13 years old. Um, I know a girl that was raped as a teen, a young teen too. So he um, just sort of raped vulnerable people, I guess. Um, at my experience was that I never got to meet him, thank God, didn't have to meet him. Um, I lived on his estate, you know, and was uh, monitored by his wife, uh, Abigail. And I was told in the beginning by this guy, Randy Bowie, whose father's Mossad, um, he walked up to me and he said, uh, when I first got to the estate, and he said, um, I'm Randy Bowie, I'm uh, special forces, retired special forces, um, I'm Wexner's right-hand man. And then, you know, he just went on and on. Well, when I came out and talked about him, I got a threat letter from my lawyer said a Wexner lawyer. And it was on behalf of Randy Bowie saying that if I ever mention him again, I'll be sued. And I've been mentioning him for two years straight, every chance I get, and he hasn't sued me, but I wish he would, because I'd love to take his money and give it away. I think that would be fantastic. That's like a goal I have. <laughs> <laughs> now, Randy Bowie is now, he currently works for Will Smith. Is that, is that yes. who he is? Um, I don't know if he does now because I think it's uh, maybe I've shamed him a little bit. So I'm not sure who he's working for. But he's that just shows you. Yeah. That shows you it's just, it's all a web that's all connected. This whole it's thing. Wood is very connected. When this whole right. thing was going on and I was dealing with chemotherapy when the case broke, this creepy, creepy, not a survivor ever person, her name is Carmen Perez, but she has a online name, Kirby Summers. And she has harassed the living hell out of me. She went on and defamed me on a show. And she's an, she's no one to do with this case. She's never met anyone involved in this case. She has nothing to do with our case, but she inserted herself and wrote a bunch of books about it and people follow her. But her books are just information that like we have put on Twitter. You know, it's not researched. What, what is her research? I'd like to know because she never met any of them and she's not a real journalist. And so she now is suddenly a trafficking survivor. But if you look into her, you find out Johnny Vedmore did a whole thing on her. And if you look it up, it's pretty interesting because she's not who she says she is. She's like this 70 year old woman who stalks like survivors and harasses them online. It's just the most bizarre thing. So she calls me one day and she, I don't know how she got my phone number. She calls me and says that she's um, she's going to get uh, this movie star to call me, Rosanna Arquette. I'm like, why? You know, I'm living my private life, but okay, yay. I'm supposed to be really excited because this movie star is supporting me. And I'm like, is she still alive? I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but I haven't seen her in so long. And so I didn't know, and she was a very nice person, she called, but she wasn't very smart because she said to me that I had to know the reason, one of the reasons she was calling is to know that um, Rose McGowan has sent a message that Epstein, <laughs> Epstein and Maxwell survivors are not invited, not invited into Me Too. So we better not be part of that. We're not invited, we're not welcome. And just a message. And I hung up from her and I'm like, that woman's crazy. Then she, then I would tweet my art and she would contact me and tell me to cool it because I'm on the wrong side of things. I need to lean left. And I'm like, who are you? I'm an artist, get away from me. So this B actress from the eighties or whatever is now it, this woman Kirby has stuck her on me. My point is they're like linked to this group and they're creepy and they're this Kirby Summers is a disinformation agent. And she's just, um, there's a lot of this. It's very odd. There are all these women. 
this year who have pretended to suffer what we have and they've never gone through it and they think that it's like something fun. I'm like, sure, you can have, I'll tell you what, trade you. You can have my mm. cancers, my chemo, and all of that money, right? They don't get it. I do all these interviews for free, you know, and and books aren't, books don't make money. So I'm, I'm writing a book, but it's not about money. It's obviously not. It's about information at this stage, you know? And so people like that are an enemy to truth is all. Well, that's that's the thing, Marie, when you're putting out the actual truth and the reality mm -hmm. and the real information. Yeah, there's there's not going to be money in it. I mean, my, Mike and I, we do our show and we do this, yeah. you know, it'd be nice to make a little bit of money to, to keep growing it and booking more yes. people and traveling and stuff. But when, when you are right over the target and right on the nose, that's it's not it's not Very about, unpopular. <laughs> it's it's unpopular. <laughs> right. And and you know what this this Kirby person is probably doing? She's probably just looking at research Ryan Dawson's done because he's one of the godfathers mm -hmm. of Epstein oh, research. You it. And she says horrible yeah. things about all these people that have done the of real course. work. Yeah. Of course, people who've done the work and mm -hmm. everyone will do that. Brian and, is amazing. His map is amazing. Yes. The, the Epstein crime map. Is, is, yeah, is, I love um, it. I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a piece of art. From, I told him I wouldn't illustrate it actually, like oh. illustrate the map, you know? We did a uh, we did a live stream when our four horsemen one month and uh, he printed out your picture of Dershowitz as oh the cockroach God, awesome. with the tis, with the Tiscale weenie. It's like <laughs> actually Tiscale. <laughs> and he had it behind him and he's like, Maria Farmer made this. She's based. I'm like, dude, he's that's so excellent. Sweet. He's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, I need to do. I'm I'm getting back into my art. Thank goodness. I have a lot of of stuff. I'm I'm right now. I'm drawing my lawyer in in Virginia, redecorating Balmoral. <laughs> like a, they're taking down the curtains and everything because it's the coolest <laughs> thing to ever happen. Like I wanted to oh, say yeah. about Virginia. You know, she's been she fought all this by herself, and she was so young. She's 35. I'm 52 years old. You know, she's 35. She's a little girl still, and she's done so much in her life. It just amazes me. I don't think people understand that she's she's really a miracle to still be here. She's a miracle, guys. To, she to wouldn't be still alive. be here. Yeah, she wouldn't still be here if she hadn't gone to Australia. And I know a lot of people aren't still are still. I know a lot of people are missing. And and um, everyone tries to like convince me otherwise. But it but if you were there and you saw all the people, the children, you would know that um, where are they? Are they and, and if they were like on drugs or something or prostitutes, they would want the money, right? And they'd come forward with mm. the the fake survivors that came forward. That was really disturbing. Because right. every time one of them came forward, I was so hopeful, but I knew instantly when I heard their story that they were lying. And like the woman about the alligators and stuff. I mean, come on, lady, really? Or some girl said she was thrown out of the car by Gilan onto the lawn. And that's just not the kind of thing that happened. You know, they didn't do that to us. So it doesn't follow the pattern. But I was just hoping that there would be a lot of um, young girls that would come forward and they didn't. And then that just leaves me with a very bad feeling. Yeah, I mean, I think in some of the survivor accounts, like the, in the Netflix documentary that you also appeared in, I mean, there was just there seemed oh, like there was a lot, there was a, so much fear to, to come forward, which I, I, I mean, I think it's understandable for some of the girls. But I, would you say the whole operation, probably going back to the '80s, we're talking thousands of of uh, girls who are now, you know, young women now. Right. Like, so like, since my mom, my my mom just called, and it messed up the sound again. I don't know why, but it's. Uh, I think you asked if this operation's been around since the 80s or something? 
Yeah, it, the n number of girls is probably in the thousands, right? Yeah, to, to come through the whole, Thou the whole thousands, field. thousands a year, thousands a year for sure. And um, yeah, he was always at like three locations a day too, taking women or children. They were children. They were little girls for modeling, right? No, no. And that's the other thing. They were able to use Les Wexner as a cover uh, because of the L brands. He happily provided that cover, obviously. Um, they used, um, and I love it when he pretends like he's a victim. The guy's not a victim. You don't, no one loans somebody $500 million and then cries that it was stolen. He didn't loan it. He gave it, it, it was his, to fund a pedophile ring. I, I dare him to prove otherwise. Prove it that you didn't fund a pedophile ring. And, you know, why is it that the government just doesn't care? They just don't care that he headed this and that he, they know he raped children and they know he's been raping children, yes, since the 80s. And the young boy um, that, that he raped at 13, what it was in the 80s. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, we just, we're going to keep talking about it. We're not going to ever shut up about it and they can censor us and try and kick us off this platform. I can that hear platform. you all now. Okay. Yeah, sound okay now? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Maria, when you worked, um, so you were kind of a front desk person at the mansion in New York City that mm -hmm. Wexner gave Epstein, right? That's the one you were mm -hmm. at? Yeah. Now, you said, uh, I've heard you say in other interviews and stuff, just every day, all day, young girls were coming and going. Yes. And th these were girls that Ghislaine would go, she called them the nubiles. She'd go out mm -hmm. and you were actually with her a couple of times. You didn't know what she was doing, but she no. would run out and see a girl and go get her phone number. And then like a few days later, a week later, you'd see the that girl turning up at the mansion. Just sometimes the next day. Yeah. Or the next day. Yeah. And then also, I remember, I think you told Whitney Webb that Ivana Trump had gone out with Ghislaine on some of these excursions. That's so right. you saw, you, you personally saw that happen? I did. I was in the car when Ivana and, was in the car and Ghislaine got out and gave a phone number to somebody. And then the next day, not the next day, that child wasn't there. But yes, I did see the person later. And um, I rode around with them. Uh, but usually Ivana would come often and ride around with Ghislaine around that time in the afternoon. So she knew there's no way these people didn't know unless she really believed they were getting models like I did. Um, maybe she wasn't around them enough to know, but I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe. Yeah. So Ivana, Ivana would show up to the mansion and you'd be there in Ghislaine and they'd be like, okay, Maria, we're, we're going to go out, do some errands and go for a yeah. ride. And they'd, they'd mm -hmm. bring you in the car with you. One, a couple of times I was brought in the car to hold the dog. Uh, Ghislaine had a dog named Max. And so I went in the car and one time um, uh, Ivanka, Ivana, Ivanka, I don't know, I didn't know Ivanka, but Ivana was uh, doing a QVC channel. Like she, and the reason I remember she gave me this tacky plastic so bracelet. And so I remember, cheesy. yeah, they were so cheesy and they were just cackling and, and they acted like this trinket, this plastic trinket was gonna be something that made me happy when I just sat there for hours unpaid taking care of animals for, you know, in a hot car by myself and with the driver who was creepy and totally new. And that that's the other thing. None of the employees, none of them have been arrested. And I happen to know that Larry, we all know he trafficked, literally trafficked children for Jeffrey Epstein all those years. Was he working for our government? Why did he get a piece of government land? They gave him part of Zorro, right? Wow. Yeah. He trafficked children for 25 years, at least 25 years, for Jeffrey Epstein, and he was given government property. Hmm. Was this, no, 
Yeah, who's, I hate, who's Larry, I the, the pilot? Yeah, and the only one that's worse is Juan Alessi. That guy is the biggest piece of garbage on the planet. And uh, the government used them as their witnesses to testify. But the person who filed the report that created this entire, the entire, I mean, trial was not asked to testify. Virginia was not asked to testify. And if you think about this, Virginia was 10 years old when I made that report. She was not a victim. Wow. She was 10 years old. So this government is sick. I mean, my main my main message is the CIA clearly and the FBI are the sickness of our society. They have to go. Like all these CIA, FBI, IRS, I mean, they're destroying humanity, you know? And they're they're punishing the innocent. That's what they do. And, and one of the interviews you said too though, Maria, you, you had spoken with, I think, a lower tier FBI agent. I mean, obviously not everybody in these organizations is bad, but when one, when someone who's good tries to do the right thing, it sounds like they get stonewalled by the higher ups. Yeah. So there's a guy actually on Twitter that follows me, but they're a friend too, I know, that basically said, once you leave the desk, you're pretty rotten. They're not very, there aren't very many good ones there. I don't want to be rude, but give me a break. This isn't, these aren't the good cops. Um, so the NYPD, my experience of them was they were the good cops. And I had, I had a lot of good experiences of them. Um, but my main good experience was that they came to me here in the state I live in now, in the South, um, be well before Epstein was arrested, like a few months before. And they said, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. And uh, it was Detective Phelan. He was like a really, like a real New York cop. He he he's, uh, was a cold case special detective. He's retired now. And then Marsha Bashford, she's like this really good DA. And they were going to get him. And they called, Carrie was a detective at the NYPD that called, I mean, that came here. They all flew out and they were serious about it. We met with boys on the phone and it was going to happen. And then they called me to, to apologize because the FBI took the case. Yeah. Because the bad cops took the case. And right. the next day I was supposed to be, my sister was flying here um, after they took the case, right? Um, my sister was, she flew here and Julie Brown, the writer she, or journalist, whatever, she uh, was flying here to meet with us. And she decided not to do that, stood us up, didn't tell us. My sister went ahead and flew here. We waited all day for her. And then we saw her on the news taking credit for the arrest. Right, because her, her, her articles that came out in the Miami Herald, right, that were, come after, on, after really? you had been talking for, yeah, exactly. I mean, come this. on, he was arrested in 2006. Berman said, if not for Julie Brown of the Miami Herald, I wouldn't have known about Jeffrey Epstein and pointed to the cheap poster. And I almost died. I was like, oh my God, they're erasing me. And I've, I've learned one thing through all this, do not be erased, do not be erased because then you die. <laughs> so I, I did not allow them to erase me. And I, I really uh, went after Berman. I've gone after Julie Brown. She's a liar and a skank. She tries to pretend like she's the person who brought awareness to this case. She has used those girls in Florida, made millions of dollars stole my lawyer's notes to write a book. And then she has a whole new plastic face because she wants to look like an Epstein survivor. She wants to be Julie Farmer. <laughs> she wow. got a new little nose and she's not, I have a big nose, but she got a little chiseled down nose and she got, um, she made her hair blonde and, and no one recognized her in court because 
She always wanted to be an Epstein survivor. Apparently, it's just some you sickness know, going on. You know yeah. what we need to do, Maria? We need to get Trump to make fun of her like he did to Mika Brzezinski. She just had a botched <laughs> surgery and she was bleeding from her face. It was disgusting. She begged me to come to Mar-a-Lago. Okay, Julie Brown wanted to come to Mar-a-Lago to interview me about something. I don't know anything about the Epstein case, okay? But her face was just a total disaster like Rosie O'Donnell at a buffet. Oh Complete disaster. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I know, like. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's how we deal with the stuff of the humor yeah, and, and, and impressions. To, yeah. yeah, otherwise you go nuts. And I know I know you're Irish too, Maria. So we all yes. have the dark Irish sense yes. of humor. You yes. know, <laughs> dealing with dealing with clown world and, and all yeah. these all these rep, all these reptilian the reptilians, mate, as David Ike says. You know, the, the, Mike, Mike, do I do like from Maria? You do like pretty well. I love these are interdimensional beings, Maria. They're not they're not like you and I. They're cold blooded. <laughs> They all they all live underground in Buckingham and they all fuck each other. You know? <laughs> oh my God! Let me tell you that man is so amazing, David Ike. I'm friends with him. I love him I so love much. Him. He's really, uh, you know, people are trying to say he's a spy or something because he's able to predict these people because he studied them. And once you've studied them, it's kind of easy. I'm able to do it too. Not like he is, obviously, not on that scale. But I'm able. I'm able to see it. I always see it coming. Like I panicked and went on Burmis when. Um, they told, they did the mask thing. You know, they want everyone to wear masks. I'm like, no, 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 this is what they do. No, 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 no. And I knew immediately, it just, once you know their patterns, you know, you kind of understand them. I don't know why everyone else doesn't see it. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> like a, a, lot of, a lot of us see it. We I think this it. case has been the mat, like we were saying before we went on live. I think this case, uh, Epstein's arrest and then suicide and uh, Maxwell's arrest, has been just, a, I think, a huge red pill. I hope so, God. It, I hope it, so. It's freaked people out to the point where they're, they're forced to look at the shit for the first time. So, yeah. And it, I know that there's not complete justice yet, but I, I still think it's, given where Glenn is right now, there's a little bit of justice. Yes, what, what, are your, yes. what are your thoughts on that? And do you think she might try and name some of the eight John Doe's? Um, related to Virginia's case. Well, the John Doe's will be come. coming out. Yeah, the John Doe's will be coming out without her help um, because we have the, I helped Virginia in that case. Um, I didn't know her. I, I wanted to say this about, about Virginia really fast, if you don't mind. Um, I, she, she did all this on her own. Like I didn't even know to support her and it kind of breaks my heart. I can't stand it actually. And um, I'm really defensive about the truth because Alan Dershowitz was writing all these lies out there for a long time. And I was like in hiding in the woods and I'd walk by the checkout counter at the Walmart, you know, North Carolina, Walmart somewhere. And I would see this stuff about the case and I would, and it would all be lies. And I didn't know they were lies. Like, even though I know the magazines lie and I, I just still didn't really understand it. And until Brad found me literally dying, I was dying of cancer and, um, and Brad, I didn't have any money and Brad and, um, you know, David boys, they, they saved my life, literally saved my life. And, uh, they were like, you have to get to a doctor <laughs> and you have to do these things for Virginia because, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to come forward because I dealt with it for so long. And now that I know her, it just breaks my heart that I didn't want to come forward. And that's why I'm super defensive about her because um, once you get to know, to know Virginia Roberts is to love her completely with all your heart. She's like, she's the sweetest girl on the planet. And so is our lawyer, Sigrid McCauley. I mean, they're so sweet, it would make you cry. And they're both beautiful. It's like two little Grace Kellys, you know, changing the world for women. It's really, and you know, I hate that word feminist, so I don't know what to call them because they're way above all that shit. And, you know, it's like, I'm trying not to curse, but they're way above that crap. 
<laughs> That's okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand. Uh, yeah, no, seeing seeing her speak out and uh, seeing Dershowitz just drag her name through the mud and lie about her—it's disgusting. I mean, that guy. Okay. That guy's. And then, then they had him on the View. They have the oh. let him go on the View. It's just like, oh. That's funny it, because the View. Um, when I drove to New York, the View. I was. I went all the way. Uh, Jim Hill, a producer at ABC, drove me all the way to Manhattan. And I was supposed to be going on The View the next day with David Boyce. And they, the producer was the biggest yacht ever. She, I called and she said, I said, okay, so I'm really excited. I got this t-shirt made that said, I know Victoria's Secret. And she's like, you're not wearing that. What are you going to talk based. about? Dude, that's so based. It's like $26 it was made. And then, um, <coughs> then they were like, well... Uh, you're not talking about that. And I said, well, I've got to talk about Wexner. And she goes, we're done. You're not coming on The View. Hand the phone to Jim. Whoa. Did we lose really? your I think he just, I think he's getting a drink or something. I okay. think he had a little coughing fit. You made him laugh there with that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I just Sorry. had to get my seltzer. <laughs> Well, wow, that would, so, been, that would have been so awesome to see you on there, just dropping red pills about it. And, and, yeah, so they let yeah, but, they let the rapist on there, but not the not the survivor that knows the survivor that was raped by the guy, right? Yeah, it's two survivors of his. Uh, he ruined this one girl's life entirely. He almost raped her to death. I mean, the guy's crazy. He'll sue me for this, I bet. <laughs> He's just insane. Right? Oh, he just wants so, to sue everybody for for yeah any reason. Yeah, he wrote. He wrote. Um, <clears throat> he wrote the most the worst, most defaming articles about me, but he did it in the slipperiest, like little Talmudic way so that that, that he wouldn't get in trouble. But right. thing is, it was all defamation. It was blatant defamation in Newsmax. Two articles. While I was undergoing, uh, I was in ICU from chemotherapy. And the first time he did it, my blood pressure had gone down to 30 over 70 and they didn't know how I was still alive. And I was like hooked up to all these machines. And then I read that and I was like, Oh my God, this guy's not, he's not going to heaven. If there is one, he's not headed there. <laughs> he's yeah, like, no, Dershowitz is, he, he's a ghoul of the nth degree. Like he's, yeah. he's one of the, he's, I think he's 80 or he's almost 80 or, or, or he might even be in his early 80s. So he's, he's not going to be around that much longer probably. 80, but, 800, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. He's still not as old as Henry Kissinger, but man. Oh uh, man, they're all the same. And, Weird. Yeah, they, they got bagged. You know, him and Clinton got bagged lying about being on that island too. I mean, um, so now did you did you ever actually go on any of the flights? Did Jeffrey ever oh, make yeah. travel? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to all the properties except the island because he didn't own that. So yeah, I was on the flight. That's the other thing. So Larry, he puts me on the flight twice. I think just going to Florida and back, maybe or no, he has he doesn't put me on going to Florida. He only has me coming back. So he didn't he didn't record things properly. Like he was totally dishonest. And I and there would be like flights where Virginia just randomly shows up at one of the properties, but then they have no proof of her leaving. And you know he's just very creepy about the way he recorded things. Slippery. I don't, very slippery. Very. He's a so, child trafficker. Yeah, I mean, literally, he flew children yeah. for sex all over the United States, and the government is protecting him. They used him as a witness in their trial, and they used. Oh, I was going to tell you about Juan Alessi. Oh, he's lovely. He's disgusting. Um, so I was friends with Andy Stewart. He was the chef who was always there with with. I mean, he was always there. I called him the Holy Grail. He knew everything. He was the only one allowed when Clinton was coming. He would tell me like, you know, the day before, you know, Clinton's going to be coming. So you're going to have to leave early. 
and no one ever believed me. And then he'd show me the photo, or Gillian would show the photos of King Clinton. Right. She had a crush on him, by the way. Oof. And oh, she was disgusting. But um, oh. but but Andy knew everything. Like he literally knew everything about them. And it's interesting that when I brought up his name, he was he died two weeks later. Right. Now, did My he age. go on Joe Rogan? He, he was on Rogan, right? Or someone who worked for Epstein no, did Rogan. The other guy. That was well after. That was well after. So, okay. so this a, is the original yeah, chef, though, you're talking about. Yeah, that guy, this was even the, more, the chef that knew way more. He was there when, like, Clinton. But the one that went on Rogan was the one that participated in helping harm all those girls that have come forward. That's a limited hangout cover for it. Him. Mm -hmm. Him, mm -hmm. him doing media appearances and stuff. Not, not digging into the chef you're talking about. Right, right. So his name is Andy Stewart, the original mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Now, yeah, he yeah, he died not that long ago. So he he was at Epstein's property in New York City. Uh, was he at Zorro Ranch in New Mexico? Yes. He was always okay. he was at all the properties. And did he? So, oh, okay. So he brought him to the island too. Yes, and okay. he hated Juan Alessi. Um, so he would he told me a few things about Juan, but Juan's son was actually um, given my property, my New York apartment in Greenwich Village. It was just a dump apartment. This is how much they use people. They got the keys from me somehow and gave them to Juan Alessi's son. He painted my entire apartment black and like threw away all my possessions. So when I finally escaped and got home, I came back to this empty black apartment because of one of less, I hate this guy. I'm like, what is with these people? And recently one of the girls found that he was involved, his child was murdered. It's very strange. I'm like, are they in the mafia or what? And why is Juan Alessi being used as a credible witness when he was there when children were being raped? Right, and now for people who don't know, Juan Alessi was Epstein's housekeeper, correct? Butler, yeah, he was but the housekeeper. Butler, he was a bag man. He basically did whatever Epstein needed him to do, That's right? That's right, he sure did. Right. Why he's not in prison, and Sarah Kellen and Leslie Groff and Marina O. I mean, we're talking co-conspirators. And uh, Nadia Marnsikova. Yeah, I have a harder time with her. Um, Nadia was sold at 13 by her Ooh. parents. She doesn't need to go to jail. She's already been there. She's been in prison. I think she needs to be rehabilitated, maybe in a, I don't know, a mental institution or something, but they don't need to put her in jail. She was 13 years old when she was assaulted sold to Jeffrey Epstein by her own parents from Europe, Eastern Europe. Yeah. So I don't, I don't blame Nadia, but all the others, I blame them. Yeah. And Sarah Kellen, she's disgusting. She was there for over 10 years. She's worse than Ghislaine. She's much worse. Right. Yeah. Now, did you ever see uh, Glenn or Ava Dubin coming and going or meet yeah. them? Yeah. So you saw, yeah. you saw them. They were, they were around quite a bit. Yeah. And that, that part of my gag is um, oh, where I would see oh, them. Me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we won't. We don't have to go too yeah. deep into that. Uh, the Prince now, Andrew was there at that place. All the people would go to that place where I first met Epstein, okay. and, and I where I was forced into their orbit. Those people were a hub for all of this group. Right. So, did, did you meet? Did you actually ever get to meet Prince Andrew and talk to him? And yes, yeah, yeah. Was, was he a total, uh, and, total, total creep and weirdo, and and just like kind of cheesy, cheesy, like he's described? Right. I didn't know he was a prince. Okay, so uh, Prince William was there. I knew he was a prince because I recognized his ugly mug, you know, but I didn't recognize Andrew. And later I found out he was a prince because when Guillaume was showing me her books, she's like, 
you know, showing me growing up. And I'm like, oh, that's that guy from this place I'm not allowed to talk about. And and she said, no, that's the prince. That's Prince Andrew, Maria. And I'm like, that guy's a prince? I thought he was just some guy who hung out at that place in New York where I met you. And she's like, nope. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just random horse face. Wow, he's a prince. <laughs> so, so see, seeing uh, Maria that he's actually been stripped of his military oh, and royal his royal titles, which is hell yes. Do you actually think that they might cut bait and sacrifice him? Maybe throw him off the ship because it's so blatant, or do you think he's going to skate? Or can you can you really comment on that? I have no idea, actually. I just know that what's so great is he's been humiliated. And he was like uh, a key to this clan, you know, this Gilan group, because he had provided, again, credibility. And now they don't have that. And so I just really love it. And I love it that I bet he hates her guts for involving him in this. Can you imagine how much he hates his, hates Gilan? So I would imagine that the, they're starting to break apart a little bit. You know, I, I do know that Wexner is um, going to testify against Dershowitz in, 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 uh, in um, Virginia's case, really? Because, wow. well, yeah, because Virginia is telling the truth, and and um, Dershowitz is trying to say make up this whole scam thing, and Wexner's like, well, that's actually not even true. So he's willing to testify to that. Yeah. Wow. So I think what's happened is they've gotten rid of Dershowitz. Is he might? I don't know if he'll live very long. <laughs> I'm always like, please, because I think they've gotten rid of him. By by Wexner um, turning his back on him, I sort of feel like he's in trouble. Right, it's right. kind of a signal. Mm -hmm. So, did you ever see Jean Luc Brunel in any of the comings and goings? No. Um, so you weren't aware just, of him, or I did answer the phone when he called, and I do I I just saw you know saw pictures, and I knew that they were going to visit him, but I never saw him personally. Thank God, no. Right, and he's got his trial is uh, hasn't started yet, but he's he's arrested. He's over in Europe, right? Arrested. Yes. So Virginia is one thousand percent responsible for having kept him in jail. Um, she went and testified. She had to do quarantine because she lives in Australia. That country. That hell hole. That, what the hell? That, that, that high te high tech police state, Maria. <laughs> oh my God, Canada's uh, Canada's not far behind. Yeah, Canada's right there. Holy smokes. We got a lot so, of family in Canada, and that's where our dad was from. And it's sad oh, to see. Oh, you're kidding! It's oh, so sad to see what's going on up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to. We want to. Our dad passed away of cancer in 2017. We want to bring his ashes back to Newfoundland, oh. where he was born. And it's like we don't know when we're ever going to be able to do that. You know, so it's uh, it's it's a total disaster, Maria. But uh, uh, Jean, <laughs> yeah, Jean Luc Brunel, uh, you're saying um, Virginia had a lot has a lot to do. Yeah, she's kept him in jail because uh, she went there and testified they were going to let him out because you know it's France. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the children we, we we can have consensual sex with the kids when they are seven. That's fine. That's fine. They're a model. We're friends, yeah. So, um, but she kept him there. That was all Virginia. Like people don't realize all the stuff she's doing, and it's incredible because you have all these people like Rose McGowan who um, disinvited us from the Me Too movement. That get, have like a million followers, and I don't know if they're real. They're probably bots, but she's clearly—I mean, she's inebriated a lot. Clearly, like not with it, and um, they're giving all this attention to her. And she's because she calls herself a feminist. But then you have someone who's actually doing something for women and children, and she gets disparaged all the time. And it's—I think you know—who it depends on who you're helping. 
You know, if you're fighting the system, you're getting knocked down. If you're part of the system, like Rose McGowan, then you're you get accolades. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's what uh, Corey Feldman has been all about because you know uh -huh. you know his background and what's happened to him. And he's like, where's the Me Too for the fucking children? Yeah, you no know, kidding. for for, no for the pedophilia that goes yeah. on here. And uh, he's cool, and Corey. Yeah. Yeah, he just he just did a uh, Stevo from Jackass's podcast, and that was that was quite interesting. Some, okay, uh, interesting that. tidbits and nuggets there. Um, so you you went to Zero Ranch in '96 or '7? Um, '95. Uh, '95. And yeah. you you went out there kind of originally was under the auspices that you were going to be competing with other art students to to get favor with a wealthy patron and, and get a, a contract for something or, or be commissioned to paint like a big mural down in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then what, um, are you allowed to talk about Zorro Ranch or no? Okay. I know. I'm sorry. It's just because the stupid gag, because the same yeah. person that brought me to Zorro is the same person who ran the school I went to. And right, the right, school right. has me gag. <laughs> What's interesting about Zora Ranch is uh, you don't hear about it a lot, and I don't even know if it got raided by the feds. It after. didn't. It didn't. No. Yeah, and the Clintons really like to stay at Zora. They had they their own. Did. They did. They liked the old, um, the western town there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he had that place wired up too with video cameras and audio. <laughs> oh God, yes. And all <laughs> the, all the footage always goes to Wexner's. and and the reason I know this is because I asked Epstein, and he said, "Oh, everything goes to Ohio." Yeah. Wow. yeah, he, he kept everything in his safe and it all went to Ohio. This man, this isn't a normal safe, you guys, just so you know. It had like probably millions of dollars worth of art in it and these videotapes. And it wasn't a regular safe. It's like a room that, you know, it was bigger than my New York apartment. So, Jesus. God. So he, he had a 24 7 surveillance thing going on, all his properties essentially. And he's probably got compromise on everybody who went there who participated yes. in this. Basically. Yes. My thing is, why is Gilan allowing this? Like, why why isn't she speaking out? I would be so mad if I was the scapegoat when the government was doing this to me. Do you remember seeing her with, I mean, I hate her guts, you know, but she shouldn't take the fall by herself. There's a lot of people involved. We need to get oh. them all. <laughs> and I'm afraid that it's our intelligence agencies. That's the problem. So they can't investigate themselves, right? Mm-mm. Right. Um, but remember when she was caught reading that book, this or intentionally, her lawyer Minninger, who's a piece of trash, sent this book, um, a, a photograph around. It was forged. It was to supposedly in L.A., but we know it wasn't. She was living in wherever she was living. But um, Bradford, when, New Hampshire. When that came out, do you remember that it was um, it said CIA murdered CIA agents? Yeah, it was a book about dead spies. Yeah. The, the in and out burger. Yes. They're holding the book. So that was a message, right? Yes. It did it again. Um, uh -oh. Oh, um, can, can you hear me? Can you hear me now, Maria? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yes, that was the message. Uh, the message was that Epstein had just been murdered and he was CIA. And I didn't really put it together until the FBI wouldn't give me my report because the CIA wanted to keep it. And like... If it was just Wexner, they they would allow Epstein's information, right? I mean, the whole thing is weird. And it clearly, right. like, Epstein felt comfortable doing... Okay, it's back. Epstein okay. felt comfortable doing whatever he wanted to do. Why would... I mean, what, it, was he a diplomat? He had immunity to everything. Why was that? 
Who? What level of government? Who is he? Right. What, he what had, he? Didn't he have that passport for Saudi Arabia in his safe that he mm -hmm. used in the, going back to the 80s? Yes. So, oh, yeah. I mean, that's I think that's what Acosta said when they asked him, why, why can't you go there? And he said, well, he's intelligence and it's above my pay grade. So. Yeah, but how can Acosta be below a CIA agent? He had to be way, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it sounds very similar to what uh, Robert Maxwell was involved in back in the day, too. So Does. I'm, I'm okay. sure there was a lot of connections through, the, through that, that scene. Massad. You know? Well, okay, so one of the survivors, she's amazing. She's out there, but I don't know if she's comfortable know, people knowing who I'm talking about. But she found a photograph of Epstein at the state funeral in Israel of Gilan Maxwell, or of, of Robert Maxwell. He was there. He was there. She oh. found the photograph. So that sounds pretty Mossad connected, you know? Like, why was he there in the early 90s? And they claim they met later, but they couldn't have. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were all there uh, for Robert Maxwell's funeral. It's like, yeah, we knocked him off. We killed him because he was getting greedy and he was starting yeah. to run his mouth too much. Um, but uh, yeah, here we are. Shalom, winning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was well, he was aboard the, his mega yacht, Lady Ghislaine, and he slipped and fell because he was trying to have a wee and he took a tumble and it was totally an accident. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's funny how they all so before Gillen yeah. is murdered, I really hope that she's able to bring out some names. Like I was saying, I would be so furious if I were her because she was clearly working for people. I'm sorry, this is oh so my ridiculous. God. Well, like, I mean, she didn't was you say herself? Give me a break. Haven't, yeah. haven't you said, Maria? Like overall, Gillen is just really stupid. She's not yeah, really that intelligent. Not. The older she's gotten. I mean, she had her cell phone wrapped in tinfoil up here in New Hampshire in the woods, hiding out like she was Walter White and Breaking Bad or something, you know? Faraday. Yeah. So she's she's not a stable genius like I am, Maria, okay? Ghislaine ended up in a cell, and I became president, okay? Do yeah. math on that. I won on that deal, Maria. I won on that deal. You won on that okay? deal. Yeah, it's interesting that... Uh, it's interesting that I think did, did get... <laughs> it's interesting that Epstein did get busted when Trump was president. I mean, that's uh, I don't know. I mean, you were mentioning earlier how when you when you went to the authorities back in '96, Clinton was the sitting president, and it's since mm -hmm. come out that Epstein visited the Clinton White House a lot, going back a to lot. Clinton's first year in '93. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, Clinton. Well, remember, um, Trump wished Maxwell well. <laughs> like he wishes her well. That is. <laughs> Yeah, at the press conference, he was like, uh, I don't know a lot about it, okay? I don't really know her. I, I haven't seen her. I guess I met her a couple times because we were in Palm Beach together. I don't know her, Maria, but uh, I wish her well. I wish her well. Oh, my God. We have to talk about Vicky Ward, okay? Because I don't know if people yes. know. Vicky Ward, that's another dumb, dumb one right there. That dumb broad. I don't know how she gets across the street, honestly. So is she an agent of something? Because like she's always shacked up with a billionaire, like someone else's husband. And I mean, she just seems very well, she does she also writes all these um she was used by them, by Gilan and Jeffrey, to write a lot of glowing articles about them. Yeah. For Vanity Fair, right? Not just for Vanity Fair, she wrote for other magazines too, glowing articles about them. And I think she was just freelance, like writer. I'm not sure if she worked for Vanity Fair. I don't know, but she was 
something else. She was the dumbest broad I've ever dealt with in my life. And she stalked our family for 23 years. And I am so glad to be rid of her. You know, she's insane. And she's, um, I just don't understand the appeal. I'm trying to figure out how, why is she shy? She's living in Trump palace right now um, with her newest victim. <laughs> her next victim. She sat on the story for 23 years, guys, 23 years. Okay, while she, I looked at everything she would write during that time and it was horrible. Like she had ghostwriters write her books, right? But she, so she's a writer, but other people have to edit everything. I heard at Vanity Fair when she was there, people had to rewrite everything because she was just such a poor writer. So what is she doing? Like, who are these people that, because when I go to make art, I actually make art and it has integrity. I don't understand these people that pretend to have this job are they agents? Like, what is this? Because why was she allowed to sit on that for 23 years, but now she portrays herself as a victim and she gets people like that hack James Patterson to go along with it. Have her right. voice, her voice over my sister and I in the background, and we are victims of Vicki Ward. And she's on there saying, oh, I'm just a victim of Jeffrey Epstein. It's like, I like to put her on the wrong side of the tracks with her British accent. <laughs> what yeah, am I going to do about it? <laughs> she she's nothing but a wank stain. And uh it says here in June of twenty twenty she joined the Council on Foreign Relations. I mean Oh, isn't that funny? She's an idiot. There you go. Yeah, she's part of the club. She's a stenographer. She's a stenographer for the reptiles. Right. Like she could even write. <laughs> stenographer for the reptiles. <laughs> she's terrible. Yeah. So and then Patterson, you know, a lot of a lot of people look at Patterson's work. The dude freaking wrote books with Bill Clinton. So how yes. how, how impartial is he going to be about Bubba? You know and what I'm saying? He's, really, he's not. He's not going to be. Yeah, he's a skank. Um, Patterson, I wrote to him. I kind of did something bad. So I had this GoFundMe, and I really hated him because he didn't pay. He didn't even offer like makeup for us. And I'm an old woman. I'm like, you know, 51 years old, having to do this show about when I was 20. I'm like, could we just put some makeup on me so people believe that I was ever assaulted? <laughs> because I look hideous. And they're like, um, no, nah, we're not going to pay for that. We'll just we like you natural. And I looked like, I mean, I was going through chemotherapy. I just had radiation on my hair. I mean, on my head and my hair was like in a knot and they didn't even brush it out. And I'm like, but the people who produced it were the nicest people I've ever met. And the director, actually, it was the, it was the executive director, you know, the people putting the money in that I think mm -hmm. were trash in my opinion. And, and um, also Patterson was a piece of trash. So he didn't pay us to be in that. He said, we this don't pay the Netflix documentary. He, he made like millions, but we didn't get paid right. a nickel. None of us. Right. They're That's like, sick. it's sick. And he said, well, I don't pay victims. So I wrote to him and I said, you know what, dude, you don't pay victims, but you got a lot of money out of this. And I have a GoFundMe and I suggest you make some, you put some money in it because I'm going to let everyone know what a snake you are. <laughs> and he donated 1500 I had friends from high school that gave more. I was like, really, dude, you're really just the cheapest creep. But at least I think it's funny that I like blackmailed him a little, not blackmailed, but, but I was like, I'm going to sell on you. <laughs> you Epstein him. Yeah, you put a little pressure on him. I have seen him. <laughs> Maria, you learned from the best. You learned from the best. You did. You really, you really did. God, that's twisted, right? He made all this money off his off this documentary. He couldn't even pay you guys. So sick. I mean, that man. And then he helped Vicky Ward. He knew I, I flipped. I flipped out. So he knew Vicky Ward had harmed us and had sat on this story. So he funded another documentary for her. So what did she do for men? I'm just curious. I call her a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't she pretty buddy-buddy with Galen too? 
Oh yeah, she, yeah she, so after she interviewed me, she used that as a way to become friends with Gilan. Yeah, because she's not in her league. She's not one of them actually. She's a wannabe one of them. You know, that's why the men never marry her. They just live with her. <laughs> really, she was living with Paula Zahn's husband for like 10 years and he dumped her. I was like, he's older than the hill and he dumped her. That's how bad it was. <laughs> Is that Matthew Duell? Dowell? <laughs> no, that's the guy she conned into marrying her. Their son called me, okay? And and this is when I was going through chemo, so I don't remember it that well, but it's really sad because he said that she's abusive to them, to the children. They have she had these twins, and he said that he's like called the retarded one, and he's the one that gets abused. And I knew that was true because my mom said Vicky Ward just called and said her retarded son is getting on her nerves. And I'm like, who is this woman? My mom is just horrified by her. But anyway, the Vicky Ward thing is just, um, it's sad. Like that kid's, he's messed up from it. Yeah. From the abuse. So I'm like, kid, I can relate, but I'm going through chemo right now. So I can't really be a good aunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's what it's going to take in cases like this is, is people like yourself speaking out and, and I mean, to be victimized and have to go through it all over again and then be the one who's trying to push out the real information and being doubted by so many people or being attacked by mainstream media. Mm -hmm. It just shows you that it, this is a very powerful um, cabal that exists. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and BlackRock. And yeah. Mm -hmm. See, Wexner has major shares in BlackRock. So they control oh, yeah. the information. The tentacles are everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I know you, you said before, too, um, that before Glenn was arrested and, uh, you know, you had to go on the run and you hid for all those years that she threatened you, just overtly threatened oh, you. And gotcha. said, I know that uh, you jog on the uh, west uh, side like, highway mm -hmm. and that, uh, you know, be careful, watch your back because you could get shot in the back. That's how Mossad kills people. So she That's said her. shit like that to you? Yeah, she's she uh, made overt threats on three occasions that were so terrifying. The first one made me go to the NYPD. And that was when I had escaped Wexner's. And I was really fighting fatigue from that experience. It was weird. That's when I got sick. And I was only 26 years old. You know, but anyway, I had to go to uh, the the NYPD and they said, whoa, whoa, this is crazy, Maria. OK, first of all, we'll take that and because she's threatening to murder you here in Greenwich Village. So we'll deal with that. But the rest of this story, you have to call these people. And they handed me the phone number for the FBI. Hmm. And if I could have done it over again, I wouldn't have done that. I would have actually gone under the street borders and started yelling. Hey, did you know that the president of the United States, I mean, I would have had better luck, even though they would have locked me up. Um, I would have had better luck just telling the people. But I, and I tried to do it through Vanity Fair, right? And Vicki Ward blocked that. So didn't happen. Right. And what, what's, what was that, uh, that roach's name? Craden Kreuter? Craden Carter. Did you hear Carter. the cat head in the bullet? Do you know about that? Yeah. Tell us about that again. Okay, so everyone should listen to this, NPR, and I think it's through Focal Flick is his name, David Focal Flick or something like this, but he did an NPR, I think if you put Google the Farmer Sisters NPR or the Cat Head and the Bullet, it'll come up. And basically, he was threatened with a uh, cat's head was cut off and put at his door, and then a, a, a live bullet was put at his door. 
on two occasions. Yeah. And so we didn't run the story. He was also threatened. Well, the story is a lot more interesting than this, but basically uh, he came in one morning and Epstein was standing there and he didn't know how he got into the building. That's, that's creepy. So I was, here's what's creepy. That jerk, Graydon, um, he didn't care about my safety. He immediately cared about his own and immediately, and he still, he still doesn't tell the truth about it. He pretends like I didn't have a real story. He discredits me. I'm like, dude, there was a trial based on my report. Wake up, you know, you can't get away with this any longer. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And then, then you have, of course, um, I think it was ABC or NBC uh, that leaked footage from Veritas just showing we had everything. We had the island, the jet, Clinton, Prince Andrew. Um, you had that mainstream media reporter yeah. basically grumbling that about Amy it. Robot, so though, she's really skanky. That Amy oh, Robot, yeah. she's another Vicky Ward. She's a social climber that sat on that story. She could have gone rogue, Amy Roguebach. She didn't. Exactly. She exactly. sat there and, and then she did that at a time when she knew she knew she would she knew she was gonna be overheard. She knew that it was all a setup to get her she got a new gig with ABC and she used right. it over there. Yeah, because I was work like dealing with ABC at the time and I remember when it broke while I was in New York and it was a nightmare for them. And she's just she's just a she's just a grubber, a skank, you know? Yeah, just, and another, an, yeah. just another media whore basically. A media whore. Know? She's a prestitute. Yeah. I don't yeah, like Oh. Yeah, I well, coined so that term for Vicky, and one day it was a hashtag on Twitter. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> it's true. They all are male and female, by the way. I, I want to say male and female." Yes. And um, yeah, media poodles. So it's like it's it's like people are like, "Oh, somebody like what the press would have picked up on this." It's like, "Well, here you go. This is what happened when people tried to talk to the press. It mm -hmm. got buried and it got um, mismanaged, and, and, and they sprinkled in a lot of disinfo and." Um, you know, that, that one, I think mm -hmm. it was probably a Vicky Ward piece. She wanted to have the accusations against Epstein included, but the people above her were like, nope, you're going to run this and, and you're not going to mention any of that. So yeah, this, Vicky Ward's lying. This stuff gets <laughs> watched all the time. She's lying about that specifically, but I know she's not telling <laughs> about her experience of them because she, she gasped the reason why the story, well, she told me the reason why the story never aired. Um, she gaslighted me and victim shamed me. And this is back when people could still do that. And so this was in 2003. She said, well, the story's not gonna air, Maria, because you are um, you signed a, a card to Jeffrey Epstein with a heart, Maria, on it. You've lost all credibility. No one believes you now, and we're gonna run a good story about him. And I said, but that's gonna put my family in danger. She's like, that's your fault. You shouldn't have done that. Now no one believes you. She said, I don't believe you now. Yeah, and so she's, um, I dare her to pretend like that didn't happen because that's what happened. She's always threatening to sue me like a cloaked threat. I'm like, oh, honey, go for it. You wish. That'll help your career with the CIA. I mean, these people. <laughs> so you said, uh, so you, you basically were in hiding for like 18 years, you said? No, 23 years because of Vicky Ward. And 23 years. And part of that, you were you were in New York or New Jersey, and you said the mafia was kind of helping you. I mean, I've never really heard you talk too in deeply yeah. about that, but that sounds like a really interesting story. That could be a movie into itself. <laughs> so um, I like the Italian mafia <laughs> because they were nice to me. The guy, one of the guys who helped me is now in prison. He was the mayor of Hoboken. 
He's in prison now, but um, but they got me like, furniture and helped me stay safe. <laughs> wow! And um, they didn't like the people that were trying to harm me, so it was came in handy. Um, unfortunately, when the story aired, Yilan called me and threatened my life again, and I left in the middle of the night. Um, I had these friends that were from Central America, and they were helping me. Like they'd go out and get everything, and. Um, I just left pretty much most of what I had and my ex-husband came up and we drove in the middle of the night to South Carolina and I was like, well, no one's expecting me to go to the low country. So basically we threw a thing in a map and I went there and, um, and it was a good experience until this one man that was harassing me, um, made it clear that Gilan and Jeffrey knew where I was. And I did receive a call, another threat call from Gilan. And so I ended up um, moving to North Carolina to the middle of the woods. And it was unfortunately like, I didn't know about hillbillies, but I mean, literally hillbillies that like sleep with their children and um, very inbred. It was very dangerous. They didn't have running water. So I was in the woods with these people when the FBI came to me in 2006, I was like, come on in, I have juice and cookies. Like I was welcoming them because I was surrounded by criminals, you know? So it was a relief oh. to see the FBI. A, a <laughs> different group of criminals that you wanted to see, you know? Yeah. Also Nesbitt Kirkadall was the agent and she's really beautiful. And so anybody would invite her in. That's why she clearly, she was an agent. Um, not just that, she was brilliant and she was a mother and she was really trying to get this case. She, she was devastated that they didn't um, prosecute him properly, you know, put him away, prosecute all the co-conspirators. Cause she thought for sure that was gonna happen because that's what they told her, right? So she worked on it for ages. Now she's in hiding. And that's pretty bad when your agent's in hiding, right? And it's also bad when for 23 years you try to meet people in all the random places you have to live and you can't remember your name that you've changed it to. <laughs> like oh, people geez. would say my name and I wouldn't look over and <laughs> they're like, what's going on with this chick? But then when I would try to ever tell anyone a little bit about my life, they were like, yeah, so I think the X-Files was canceled. So Nesbitt Kirkadall, she probably didn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, ah, no one believes oh. me. I'm like a normal looking person, you know? <laughs> Right. But no one, no one believe me. Yeah. Well, that's it. Trying to tell so-called normies about this kind of stuff. Um, they just they whether you're, whether you're a researcher like Mike and I are, or someone like you who's lived through this actual stuff with all these monsters. Mm -hmm. um, to your normal person that just watches sports and eats Doritos and just yeah. sits <laughs> on the couch all week like a zombie, uh, they look at you like you're insane and you have six mm -hmm. heads. When in yeah. fact <laughs> you're, you're telling the truth and speaking to the reality of what the predator class and the power elite how they operate and how they control everything. I'm trying and, to freak them out and I'm, I'm recoining it just for my purpose, the, the pedo class. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> because it really freaks them out. Like I'm basically saying, and I do know one nice billionaire, but other than that, I don't think so. And so I'm basically saying people with money are pedophiles. And I'm doing that so that maybe they'll either give their money away and help veterans or be a little less inclined to rape children, maybe. That might help, you know? Yeah, I've, I've met, I've met two billionaires in my life. One of them was Donald Trump. So I don't know if he's a real billionaire, though. You know? No, he doesn't. He's look, not. Look, Maria, Rosie tried to say I went bankrupt. I never went bankrupt, okay? I'm worth many <laughs> billions of dollars. And I think I might sue Rosie. I think it'd be fun to take some money out of those fat ass pockets, okay? 
His name is John Paulson, and I don't know if he's always been nice about everything. I don't know if he messed up our economy no, in 2008. But he's, he was, a, he's a billionaire. He was the nicest person, uh, nicest man I've ever been around, like the most trustworthy. Um, he helped me. He never tried to take advantage of me in any way. He was always respectful of me as a person and as an artist. Um, he always nurtured my career. He helped me learn everything I did about antiques by taking me to Sotheby's. But he wasn't like uh, lascivious and gross in any way. So I trusted Epstein because mm. I had a friendship with JP. And I was like, oh, he's like JP. And JP did not like Epstein, right? And I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, it says John Paulson is an American billionaire hedge fund manager. He leads Paulson and Company, a New York based investment firm he founded in 94. He's mm -hmm. been called one of the most prominent names in high finance, a man who made one of the biggest fortunes in Wall Street history. Wow. I was there when he founded it. So I worked wow. for him. Um, I helped him get all of his uh, things. I had a, like a little paddle and I would go, um, uh, you know, bid on things for him and at the, at the auction houses. But I would also, uh, I was there when he found it. He helped me start a company called Tribeca Party Servers because I was working as like a slave for this one witch as her babysitter. And it was really inappropriate um, that she was having me work as a slave basically. So he didn't like that. And so he wanted me to have you know, real employment. And I, I did, I, I was able to survive because of him. And I thought it was nice. He wasn't like creepy, like, hey, if you sleep with me, I'll give you a dollar, you know? He wasn't like that. He was like, here, let's found a company. You know? Was that was that around the time, Maria, when you were you're gonna be commissioned to work on some of the art for the film As Good As It Gets, like 96, 97? Um, that was in 90, okay, so 96 is when I was commissioned. Yeah, um, 94 is when he founded that, yeah. and. <clears throat> I didn't see JP after 95 uh, because of all the stuff that happened with Epstein. I just kind of lost all my friends in New York. Um, most of them weren't billionaires. You know, they were just poor artists like me. Right. But, um, yeah. but they were wonderful people. I had to lose touch. Yeah, you don't you don't meet a billionaire every day. So I, I met Trump when he ran for president in 2015, and then I've hung out with uh, a, a car auto magnet here in New England named Ernie Bach Jr. You ever oh, heard of him? No. Ernie Bach Jr. is a really cool guy. He's really big in the arts too. Yeah, he funds he funds a lot of music, and he has a, a venue in Boston called the Bach Center for Performing Arts. Oh, and, um, he actually he invited me to yeah he invited me to a party at his uh, mansion in Norwood, Mass. So oh I got to bring up plus plus one, and I brought my friend, and he's just he's just a cool guy. He's into the Beatles. You bring <laughs> I, I had to work. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to work that day. <laughs> I took the day off and went and hung out at the billionaire's mansion. It was it was cool, but he was a cool guy. And then, yeah, I met I met Trump in um, June of 2015. I think I told you a little bit about that on Twitter. How it was just after he came. I came down the escalator, Maria. I announced <laughs> we're going to make America great again. And then I went to New Hampshire, and I had the crowds were unbelievable. The press is not covering how huge my crowds are. Okay, just like my hands. Look how huge these hands are. Okay. And uh, Trump, Trump was. Uh, I know you met him too. You met him a, a, long, a while before I did, and he, like yeah. you said, he was just a, a game under show different, clown. Too. I met him in a yeah. really uncomfortable way. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had an uncomfortable time with him. Yeah. Yeah, you said he was just really like creepy and ominous. Mm -hmm. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when I met him, he walked into the house and just started, you know, barking orders right away. Like, turn these lights down lower. We're gonna take pictures. These pictures are gonna come out terribly if the lights are like that. Okay, <laughs> like it was just this person. His the chairman of the New Hampshire Republican Party it was his house, and he hosted Trump. He was an early supporter. We all thought the thing was just a joke. It was just another right. Trump Ponzi Ponzi scheme. Uh, keep his right. name out there run the brand. I'm like, he's not really running for president for real. But I went to this event. There was over 200 people there and it was tons of press. And I was like, holy shit, this feels like a real campaign thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, it <laughs> and it was. And it was. And yeah, the laughs, the laughs on all of us, you know. But uh, yeah, w- what year was that when you met Trump? Um, 95. Yeah, 95. And it was, it was in uh, that the building where Epstein had an office. The Helmsley Palace, yeah. So there's the hotel, and in the front of the hotel are the offices. And if you're um, facing the hotel, his offices were on the left. They kind of jut out, and then below them, they're low to the ground, like they're only like on the third floor. And below that, on the first floor, are all these like fancy stores, you know. And across the street from it was the um, Victoria's Secret flagship store. Mm. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you feel Trump was doing with Epstein that night? You said this was around like nine in the evening, right? It was later on in the night. Nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Like a right. dark hallway. In, um, it was in the dark office. It was really creepy. And, and you just so, ran there and you were in your, your like workout clothes and you just mm-hmm. ran three or four miles to get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. From Greenwich Village. And, and you're in and, there. And-, <laughs> and Trump walked in and he was just really giving me the creeps, like staring at my legs, you know, and being weird. And um, Epstein... I went, I made like a face at him <laughs> and he kind of laughed. He kind of laughed and he was leaning against the wall across from me and Epstein came over and whispered in his ear and I heard him say, no, 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 she's not here for you. And he started whispering and they went right behind them into this other office and there was someone in there. They had, there had to be someone in there because Epstein came back out alone and Trump sat in there. Why would he go in that office by himself? Yeah. Why would he say she's not here for you? Yeah. So it felt like there was someone there for him. It feels right. like Epstein provided women or children. I don't know. Yeah. Know, did, did you know or not if Epstein had this office wired up with cameras and sound and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. God. So <laughs> Epstein would like outwardly admit to me that he wired everything. It was the weirdest thing. But he, yeah, didn't, you, he said you, Wexner had it done. Yeah. You said that, like you would ask Epstein things and he would just tell you shit. Like it wasn't, it wasn't this big secret. Like he would try to hide from you. If you asked him something, I don't remember ever asking him something that he didn't answer the question. Right. And you, you had to believe he was telling you the truth. He was telling me the truth because now I know it was all true. Yeah. It's weird. I don't God. really understand it. He was this like, is- uh, he was like so immature, Epstein. So one thing my sister always brings up is that they always did this. They would pants each other, like at the movie theaters, uh, in line at the movies. It was really strange. And he was also really cheesy. Like he thinks Morgan Fairchild is the most beautiful woman alive, you know? Oh. And so she was there the first time I met him. Um, I mean, the first time I went to interview, she was sitting there behind him. I kind of went after her online recently. Like, you are plastic what are you doing like is your heart plastic too don't you care like how many children do you know that were harmed you know she never said a word and she acts like um i don't know they're all the same that that type of person you know and and wouldn't Ghislaine and epstein put like weird stuff like condoms in pockets and make people put their hand in a pocket and try to guess what it is without telling them what it was 
they did that in a bag. Um, like creepy shit like that? Throw. Yeah, they put like, they made all the students stick their hands in the bag. Where there were falsies and condoms. And yeah, there was always like these immature sexual innuendos that seemed like something in high school you would go through, you know? Right, to kind of see how far they could keep taking it. And then Galen mm -hmm. would try to kind of normalize and be like, oh, we're just having fun with the children. We're joking around. This is, this is a cute thing Jeffrey does. It's so cute. He learned it from Prince Andrew, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God, you're hilarious. <laughs> Carabar, I'm going to take over the oceans, Maria. We're going for a swim in my yellow submarine. <laughs> what the hell was that all about? Was that just a front or what? That Terramar thing that she was doing? Yeah, or an Elon Musk project, possibly. Yeah, I think she was trying to get in with Elon Musk, and, and she... Uh, oh, I don't think a... she had to try very hard to get in with him. She didn't no. have to try very hard, no. No. Yeah, because, you yeah, know... because did not have to try hard. Pierce Morgan came out recently and he's like, yes, there's a photo of me with Ghislaine, but it was at five, I met her for five minutes at a party and that's the only time I ever saw her. So I mean, like, I don't believe him. There's photos of her with uh, Mick Jagger, photos of her with Kyle MacLachlan. Well, she's definitely was friends with Mick Jagger. I can tell you that the people I'm not allowed to talk about are very close friends with, um, what's the guy, not Jagger, but the other one, what's his name? Keith Richards. Keith Richards, yeah. Keith he's Richards. very much part of this. I don't know that he's a pedophile. I just know he hangs out with them. You know, what is yeah, it with yeah. these people? Like, if you had all the money in the world, would you be hanging out with pedophiles or would you oh, do no. something really positive with your life? You know, it just blows my mind. And I tried to I mean, explain, I never had a regular job, right? People would say, Maria, why don't you work a regular job? You need to go. And I'm like, I'm terrified of a regular job. I could never do that now um, because the people I worked for were terrifying. And even my lawyers are like, but they're just, you know, they're not like normal people. I'm like, really? Because that's my experience. <laughs> and that's all I have to go by. And everyone I met in New York was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And mm -hmm. it took me decades to undo the evil like that they did in front of me. I mean, I don't know. It's just they made me physically sick. Isn't that strange? Like you can become physically sick from people being evil. Oh, yeah. people People can make you ill. I'm going to go through some of the comments here in chats. We got for some people oh, for us, Maria. So Reed yeah, sends you. five bucks. He says, we are oh, Maria Farmer. Awesome. Yeah, we love Maria Farmer. She's so amazing. <laughs> that was a great chat. That was a great interview that you did on uh, Naturalist Capitalist at Reed. Oh, I love that was, him. That was really yeah, good. As you. he says, Maria, not only are you beautiful, you're beautiful. Oh, nice? that's so nice with my cold sores I'm trying to cover here. I had a fever for the last couple of days. So I'm like, oh, right before that interview. <laughs> All the young guys. Uh, <laughs> everything you've been through. No, no. You're, thank, thank you for appearing on here with uh, the likes of us. Oh, <laughs> you said, I love when you guys pull the impersonations on unknowing guests. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we got to keep people guessing, you know. David Icke is a legend. He yes. is a legend. I love I got, David. I, and Gareth is oh, awesome. I met David and Gareth in New York City in September of 2016. Oh, that's I went amazing. to David's talk, the uh, Worldwide Wake Up Tour that he was doing. Oh, that's so and great. That weekend, I hung out with, I met David Icke, I met Gareth, and I also interviewed Jesse Ventura for my show. Oh, no so way. That's so that cool. weekend is one of the most epic weekends of my life in New York that's City. Wonderful. Yeah, that was, uh, that was very memorable. Uh, let's see. I'm sure you hear it all the time, but you should hear it more. You're amazing. Is that for I me? <laughs> That's for you, Maria. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. No, I don't hear that. that 
Thank you. We're not talking about Maria Schleifer. We're talking about Maria Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Schleifer. <laughs> Maria, Maria Schleifer. Uh, that dude is trying to make everyone vax. Yeah. Oh, God. Arnold? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a Pfizer salesman now. <laughs> he's a vax He's, yeah, a, he's a vax cock. <laughs> he's a vax cock, you know? But you know, he's the most amazing person ever um, is uh, RFK Jr. Oh, he's, he's so we're, – we're hoping to get him on in March. I oh love my RFK God. Jr. I just, I've never admired anyone more in my life. I know he has no idea who I am. He actually donated to my cancer fund just because I was a cancer patient, you know? But oh, someday yeah. I would love to tell him I, he snubbed um, that group. Like, he had nothing to do with them. They had his phone number. Okay, they but I happen to they know that you love them, and I love that man. I just think he's a hero because he is. He is a hero. Yeah, oh, he and, he and Virginia, yeah. I'm just like, oh, they're two different oh, we, kinds of heroes, but they're both heroes to me. Yeah. Yeah, I love RFK Jr. Well, yeah, he that makes sense because his family has been fighting the deep state, you know, since back to his when he was a kid. I mean, Mike, you yeah. read his book there. He talks about that, right? My, what did right. you say? My family's war with the CIA or? He basically said since JFK's father um, back in the 40s and 50s uh, battled the CIA and then Kennedy battled the CIA. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, didn't it? Uh, sadly, he lost that battle. Um, and now uh, RFK Jr. is uh, speaking the truth on. I mean, he's he's, incredible. He, he tried to get help Sirhan Sirhan get paroled. I mean, by telling the truth. You fucking rock, Maria. I love Fire Pixie. I've talked to her before. Yeah. Fire Pixie's awesome. Fire Pixie, we love you, Fire Pixie. And uh, support Jackman Radio, Reed Coverdale, Ryan Dawson. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ryan told me Maria he'd love to talk to you soon. He's. Uh, oh, I would love to. He's a huge he's fan. Such a I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll connect you guys. Yeah, he's. One of my friends a, who's like our age. He was like, God, that guy makes me so mad. He has so much hair. <laughs> My friend and I were watching Ryan. I'm like, this guy's awesome. And he goes, Yeah, I'm so jealous. And then he saw you guys. He's like, They have so much hair. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're 35, so we're old enough to be president. So we have, we have, we have, we have it's really my hair, too, Maria. Some people tried to say, Trump, that's not your hair. Okay, look, part of it is made out of Cecil the Lion. Okay, a little bit is because Don Jr. and Eric go on their hunting expeditions over to Africa and they brought back Cecil and they put it in the freezer and then they took Cecil's mane out and put it on my head. Okay, but it's really, it's really my hair, Maria. I promise. I promise. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, this one. Every time I see Whitney Webb's name, I hear Ryan Dawson in my head ranting about how she stole all of his work. I, I don't, I don't know that she stole. I think if 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 you're researching this stuff, you've you've looked at Ryan Dawson's research just because of how long he's yeah. been around and yeah, what he's, he's dug up. So yeah, right. So if Whitney, as some of his researchers used it, you know, Whitney, maybe you could cite Ryan Dawson or give him a little credit. I think that'd be very nice if you did that. <laughs> that, would nice. that would be nice. But Whitney's awesome. I've I've loved her, the conversation that you two had. Um, oh man, yeah. About all this, it's just like, I've, it's very intense. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting to do that for 25 years. Right. So right. here's the thing that will drive you crazy. I interviewed with all these MSM people and not one of them told my story. I told the story to them, but they didn't air it. And so finally I was so frustrated and that's when I called Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. They're a bunch of gutless assholes. Those people, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like, we're... Oh, did it freeze? Did we lose you there, Maria? Yeah. Oh. Can you? 
Oh, there you are. You're back. Can you hear us? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm in so, the woods. I live in the woods because that's kind of my I th thing that I, I do. Think Black, <laughs> I think Black Cube was trying to interrupt our live stream, but I think we're fine now, Maria. <laughs> 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 but, oh my God. Um, yeah, you, your conversations there, Whitney, were amazing. And then you talked about how Galen and all them used to terrorize Princess Diana when they were younger. Yeah. Yes. Treat her like yes. dirt. Yeah, she had pictures of it. It was the most bizarre right. thing. So she, in her photo albums, she was showing me, you know, when she showed me Andrew, and I thought he was the guy from that place. And then, and then I saw she's like, "Oh, there's Diana." We just made so much fun of her, and she was crying in the corner in this picture. And I loved, you know, she was alive still back then, and I loved her and I admired her so much. She's the only person that's a wealthy kind of person I ever really admired. And she was such an amazing hero, like holding babies with AIDS or walking through the landmines, you know, when no one would. And um, here Ghislaine and Fergie were making so much fun of her. They said, we just hated Diana. We hated it. That's what Ghislaine said. Yeah. Yeah. Fergie, Fergie's a disgusting cash grubby uh, grifter. Oh yes. my God. Trying to she sell access to Andrew. Daughters. How about her daughters? What is that? I'm I just haven't like, seen them, but I'm sure, I haven't seen them, Maria, but I'm sure they're very, very <laughs> ugly. They're probably very ugly, like Mika so. Brzezinski. Mika Brzezinski, she was bleeding everywhere. She begged me to come to mar lago She begged me. <laughs> I remember that so much. <laughs> Jackman Radio never stopped. Same goes to the mighty Maria Farmer. Oh, you're a massive, you. you're a massive white pill in this clown ass world. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Thank you. We need we need the white pills. We can get them, and um, you know that's why we wanted to talk to you, Maria, and have you on. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. It means yeah, a lot. I've been wanting this to is, talk to you for so long, so it was a lot of fun. Oh, thank yeah. you. It's, it's, it's like been a thrill. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I, I hope one day we can meet in person and have and a beer. Are you a beer drinker? Everyone, I've just like been really disorganized this year. I need to be a patron to these channels. Oh, That's what I'm do, so. that, would, that would be amazing. A patron, and if I, I could get a, an original Maria Farmer piece of yes, artwork, like a drawing yes. or a sketch or something of Trump yes. in some weird, some oh weird God. scenario. <laughs> where, where can people see your art, Maria? Where can um, people find, support you and see your art? Right. So right now I need to just start putting it back out there. I have a whole bunch of stuff that I haven't put out. Um, so I'm going to start doing that soon. Um, right now I'm doing that drawing of my of my lawyer and, and Virginia redecorating Balmoral <laughs> because it just feels good. You know, <laughs> I wanted to do it for my lawyer as a gift because she just took down a prince. You know, it's she and Virginia did this. I mean, that's amazing. Two women, awesome. two women. That's cool. Yeah. So, okay, guys. Well, it was wonderful talking. I appreciate Last it. Last thing, Maria. This is the sixty-four thousand dollar question. Only you can answer it. Oh yes. Is it Guilain. pronounced? Guilain. Guilain. Okay. So imagine like ghee, like the butter, and len, len, not len. lane, not len, len, not, not just lane. <laughs> The way that's what, know, not just Lane. The way I know is that I can always tell when people met her because they say her name properly. Because if you didn't, you got in a lot of trouble. And all of us that survived her, we all say it properly, but no one else does. I love it when people right. call her just stain. <laughs> <laughs> just stain a wank stain. Well, well Gilay, we wish you well. We wish you well. We, 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 we do. Hope we to we hope the rats don't nibble at your heels too hard. We hope the cheese isn't too moldy. <laughs> you know? Okay, guys. 
Good Maria, thank, thank you. Bless thank you. you so thank you so much. Thank we'll you. keep in touch. Thank you. thank you, guys. Love you. Folks, thanks for tuning in. That was Maria Farmer. Um, what a what an amazing 90 minutes that was. That just blew by. Um, yeah, we had that a, was something had a great conversation and it was just beautiful to finally talk to her. Um, so yeah, please, I have all the information where you can follow Maria below this video, give her a follow on Twitter, check out her website, uh, spread the word, share this video, share it around everybody. I'm going to have it put up on all our podcast platforms in case they try to nuke this. And um, if you like this channel, you like what Mike and I do, you support us, uh, please consider becoming a patron, patreon.com slash Jackman radio. And also, I'm on Venmo, a direct way to send some cash. If you want to send some cash, it's Senator Jackman 86 is my Venmo. Mike, that was beautiful. Hey, that was uh, that was a great interview, man. Long time coming. And we thank Maria so much for coming on and everybody for watching um, and all of your continued support. We got more to come. Peace, everybody. Take care. <laughs>